Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but nothing replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. The opioid epidemic. It seems to be everywhere in the news these days, even in the paper today. And we're going to take a unique perspective on trying to understand more about this today. We're going to be looking at it from the perspective of the front lines and then also I guess the back lines, if we were to call it that. We have Dr. William Scruggs here. He's an emergency room physician and chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Castle Hospital. He sees this on the front lines when people come into the emergency room with pain, needing medication, requesting refills, etc. We also have Dr. Ira Zun, and he's the founder and medical director of Monokai Omalama Integrative Healthcare Group and Rehabilitation Center. And he sees this from the clinic perspective. So we're going to talk today about the opioid crisis. What can we do about it? Are there some options? And are the ways that the legislature wants to fix this things that really could work out here? Or do we need to still fine tune that a little bit more? Welcome, Dr. Scruggs, Dr. Zunin. Thanks for having us. Dr. Kozak, good to be with you today. Well, and this is such a timely topic. I mean, it's in the paper today in the editorial section. You hear about in the news. How big has this opioid epidemic crisis become? This is a, a huge issue uh, nationally and, uh, and here in Hawaii. I mean, uh, 15,000 people a year in this country die of opioid overdoses. And it's bigger than that. I mean, 1,000 people a day on average, seek help in an emergency department for opioid misuse, either overdoses that may not kill somebody or they're seeking uh, help for addictions they have. It's a huge issue. Uh, Here in Hawaii, we're fortunate in that we don't have quite the opioid problem that we see across the country, but it's a growing problem here in the state and an issue we have to deal with. Dr. Zunin, you also take care of people who might be referred to you from the emergency room, and you also do manage folks with chronic pain. What do you see in your practice? Has there been a trend in the last few years that we're seeing more people who are having problems with opiates? You know, it kind of tracks back to that pain is the fifth vital sign that we were all told to monitor a few years back. And, you know, well-intentioned we did. What seems to be happening now? Well, I I think that that when pain became the fifth vital sign and doctors were really strongly encouraged to to look at that and consider uh, prescribing pain medicines, uh, the pharmaceutical companies also came out with a lot more new drugs. And what we've seen in, in the last 15 years is a fourfold increase in opiate overdoses, at the same time a fourfold increase in prescription ju- drugs out, out there. So we, we, are, we are seeing patients that are more familiar with these medicines, some requesting them, and really a full range from those that have bona fide pain that, that – um, that uh, are why these medicines were, were, were designed to those that are abusing them or selling them. How common is it? I mean, I, I, I talked earlier with you both and said, I kind of feel like I live in a bubble. You know, I, I, I don't see a lot of my colleagues prescribing narcotics without really having good reasons for it or patients choosing it correctly. And, and I, I don't see as much of this, but I also have a very mature practice. I've been here almost 20 years. I don't usually see a lot of new people. A lot of my folks I've seen, literally, we've grown old together. So I am completely naive to this. How big of an issue is this in a emergency setting? Dr. Scruggs? We see this every day. Every shift. In every emergency department in the state. 
we have patients come in uh, with catastrophic overdoses or people coming in requesting pain medication uh, who are chronic opioid users or people coming in trying to find help for their addiction every single day in every emergency department here in the state and the country. And these are the people who make it to see you, presumably. If they overdosed, they wouldn't even make it to the hospital. Sometimes, unfortunately. So when you see this every single shift, what do you think we should, as physicians, as a state, as a nation, what are some of the steps we can take to help to reduce the number of people coming in with chronic opiate complications, whether it be taking too much or becoming addicted or whatever the case may be? This is a problem that developed over decades now, and that's it, a problem caused by many factors, and the solution, I think, is going to be multifactorial. I think on the physician side of things, I think we're doing a better job and need to continue to improve how we are addressing chronic pain uh, and how we are dealing with people who have, who have chronic pain and are taking chronic opioid medications. We also need to do better in the acute setting. We need to train our physicians better. Specialty societies need to do a better job of educating the physicians within those specialties uh, by issuing guidelines and providing educations for those, uh, for those physicians. I think patients need to have better expectations of how we control their pain, and that comes from us as physicians providing education. And then uh, on the legislature side and on the state side, we need to help to control physicians who are not prescribing appropriately, which is a very small number of physicians. The vast majority, I think, are doing a very good job and very conscientiously trying to take care of their patients' pain. The legislature, I think, also needs to provide funding for those who don't have the means to find care for their addiction. And that's a huge proportion of these patients uh, that we're trying to take care of. They don't know where to go. They don't have the resources to fund their treatment. And we, as a society, I think, need to do a better job of taking care of those people. So we're talking about people who are addicted to pain medicine. Instead of treating it as their own personal failing or weakness, looking at it from the perspective of this is a medical problem. Exactly. And, you know, it's important to note that, unfortunately, these folks, as we are making it more difficult to get a hold of prescription pain medications, they're turning to illicit pain medications, either synthetic opioids on the street or heroin, are very common, carfentanil or fentanyl we're hearing about across the country. Fortunately, in Hawaii, we haven't seen much of that here. But we are driving these addicts to using illicit drugs beyond the prescription medications they often got started with. Well, and when you look at the change in the brain structure, you know, one of the things that can happen in someone who uses chronic opiates is that the parts of their brain that can get damaged are the very parts that have to do with judgment and ability and knowing whether or not they can make a decision that's correct or not. It's that frontal lobe, that prefrontal cortex that can get damaged, and they, they don't have the capacity to make an appropriate decision, and therefore we're expecting them to choose something other than what they are addicted to. And it, it, it's almost like we're setting them up in some ways to fail, and that's not the way that we're going to help to solve this problem. Dr. Zunin, you see this in the clinic. You have a very, a very tight way of managing people who use chronic pain medication. For years, you've done some of the things they've talked about in the legislature. You've had a pain contract. You've had, you've had different modalities to help people that are not pharmacologic. How do you manage the average person who comes in who is on a chronic pain medicine with a reason to be on it? What are the parameters that you require in your office? Well, first, first I would say that, that the kind of clinic Monokai 
uh, strives to be is is an integrative team-based multidisciplinary facility where you know we're working with uh, we have our psychologists our physical therapists our, our medical providers we have acupuncture uh, you know a sleep lab there's a lot of tools that we bring to bear on the problem uh, generally we have a low threshold for bringing patients in for evaluation and a low threshold for determining whether or not if they're not a fit um, so so the most important uh, place to start is making good diagnosis. Is there, is there a, a reason, is there a physical reason for the pain? And then uh, that may require diagnostics, x-rays. It, it, it requires looking at the old records and seeing who these people are and where they've been. Also understanding what's happening psychologically. But when we, we, we determine that this patient is really a bona fide candidate for for these medicines. Um, they sign two contracts with us. One is um, an agreement to only get medicines in one facility. Um, that they, they that they'll get urine drug testing when they get their refills uh, and things like that. The other contract is um, that our patients agree to look at ways of helping their pain that don't involve medication and don't involve the opiate medication. They may need them, but we have to we want to see if there's another way to take care of it. What would some of those other ways be? Um, of, often acupuncture is helpful, physical therapy, occupational therapy, which which also looks at life management skills. You know, when is the when is the pain worse? How does it affect your daily life? What are your goals? Um, and sometimes it means the pa- this patient will benefit from surgery. We really have to understand the, the whole picture and see if we can take care of the problem. Because in the end of the day, these medicines, these opiate medicines, are available as, as prescription drugs for a reason. They have a role in healthcare, But they also, in the end of the day, tend to rob the will of the patient who takes a lot of them over a long period of time. So they're, they're not the best solution if we can find another one. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Dr. Ira Zunin, founder and medical director of Monokai Malama Integrative Healthcare Group, and Dr. William Scruggs. He is an emergency room physician and chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Castle Hospital. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here in the studio with Dr. Ira Zunin. He is the founder and medical director of Monokai Omalama Integrative Healthcare Group and Rehabilitation Center, and he has taken the perspective of what's it like to be in the clinic trying to manage people who have chronic pain. At the same time, we're also looking at the emergency perspective. Dr. William Scruggs is here, and he is an emergency room physician who has practiced at nine different emergency departments throughout the state, and he currently is is the chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Castle Medical Center. So, gentlemen, when we're talking about folks who are following, let's just say, Dr. Zunin, in my perfect world, someone has seen you, signed your pain contract, working on some of the integrative elements. They do have a diagnosis that requires use of medication while they're in the process of working on dealing with their pain. And they show up in an emergency room, and Dr. Scruggs is there. 
how would they get appropriate pain control if they've signed a contract with you about just getting pain medication for one location and maybe they have an injury or some need for additional medicine? How does that communication take place? Well, my, my experience is that, um, uh, well, first, the contract is about not going to more than one outpatient facility or clinic, or, and it's about not going to more than one pharmacy. But an emergency is an emergency, and uh, some patients come to the emergency room with an emergency. Some don't have one. They just want more medicine. So it's really um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge for the emergency medicine physicians to, 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 to make a call because they're not necessarily very familiar with these patients. Um, from time to time, I will get a call from the emergency room, and, uh, and the ER doc will, will ask me, you know, trying to get a feel for this patient is you know is there is there is there a lot of pain is there real pain um what would you like to do and and sometimes we'll make a decision together but um but it's it's a challenge and a great service that uh, people such as Dr. Scruggs provide it is a challenge i i will say we we have to almost categorize patients into, as Dr. Zuna mentioned, you have patients coming in for exacerbation of or chronic pain, and that's an entirely different issue than somebody come in with a broken ankle. Uh, the patient that comes in with a broken ankle, we have to figure out a way to appropriately manage their pain, and that may and be... And fix their ankle. And fix their ankle, yes. Uh, but we may have to increase their pain medication slightly. There are other things, non-pharmacologic things, that often can be very effective in that situation as an adjunct to their chronic pain medication. Those patients that come in for chronic exacerbations of their chronic pain, we as a specialty have really taken ownership of that. I was the president of the Hawaii College of Emergency Physicians in 2012. We published a set of guidelines for emergency physicians in the state. And this came from various organizations around the country who have done things to try to mitigate some of the concerns we have for these patients, uh, we essentially in those guidelines have suggested that if a patient comes in for exacerbation of their chronic pain, we should not be giving those patients further opioids for two reasons. One, we were concerned about the addictive potential uh, and the euphoric uh, feeling they get from these medications, but also we wanna, we're concerned for their safety. And the only thing that concerns us more than a patient's comfort is their safety. And by giving extra medications on top of their chronic medications, we can potentially do great harm, including overdosing patients and, and leading to death. Should we be looking at giving anyone who uses chronic opiates naltrexone? Absolutely. Dr. Zunin? I think so. I think there's a role for naltrexone. I would also say that that uh, it's important to, to understand that the majority of people who have major depression present to their doctors with a complaint of pain. You know, and so mental, mental health, addressing the mental health issues is huge. And the vast majority of people who do have chronic pain have a concurrent depression or reactive depression. So one of the things we pay a lot of attention to at Monokai in terms of the, the multidisciplinary approaches is managing, um, managing depression and other mental health issues. Well, because truthfully, in order to take care of the whole patient, if you don't manage the mental health, you really won't be able to get anywhere with the chronic pain and vice versa, that it affects 
both areas so so intricately intertwined that you have to look at both of those both of those uh, logistical aspects of their care. Now there's a bill in the Senate right now. It's Senate Bill 505 and it's trying to regulate the use of and the way that we prescribe opiates in the state. Dr. Scruggs, you have some thoughts on this and you know even it made me think twice about about what this bill has presented itself. What are you? What's your take on it? So I, I very much appreciate the spirit of the bill, and I appreciate the work the legislature has done, and specific legislators have done to try to focus this bill into something that's workable uh, and good for patients. And that's really the concern. We want to do something that's good for our patients. It's very difficult to legislate medicine, and that's what concerns me about the bill. Uh, it sits in a part of Hawaii state statute or would sit in a part of Hawaii state statute that could potentially open up physicians to criminal prosecution for essentially not doing paperwork, for not submitting to the state an informed consent document for a patient on chronic opioid therapy. They have tried to do some things with the language of the bill to mitigate that, although we're still very concerned about that possibility. And we haven't heard from the attorney general, for example, to say for sure physicians will not be held criminally liable for making a mistake with paperwork. Legislating medicine is very difficult. There's a lot of nuance to medicine. It's impossible to legislate for every specific patient in every specific instant. And one provision, for example, in this bill is requiring informed consent for any patient who has both prescriptions for benzodiazepines and opiates. We deal with hundreds and even thousands of drug interactions on a daily basis in the emergency room or in your clinic. And to have thousands of physicians in Hawaii remember that with this one drug interaction, if you're going to prescribe these two medications, I have to go through this informed consent process and send this document to the state or potentially be opened up to criminal prosecution is a big deal. And I'm not sure that's the right way to take care of this issue. What would be a better way? I think the state should focus more on providing services for treatment of the patients who are already addicted and supporting physicians through the Physician Drug Monitoring Program, for example. There are very innovative th things being done throughout the country where it becomes very easy for physicians in the emergency room or in clinics to receive information about where patients are going to receive their care. Are they going to more than one provider for their chronic opioid medications? Uh, to receive information about what prescriptions have been filled recently. That kind of information allows providers to have real discussions with patients about how their pain is being managed and what risks they really are up against. The state last year, to their credit, uh, made naloxone much more easy to prescribe uh, for physicians. That information needs to be dispersed to physicians, and physicians need to start writing those prescriptions to the patients on opioid medications uh, to provide a more safe environment for use of those medications. I think there are many things that we can do aside from trying to legislate the practice of medicine that can benefit both patients and physicians. So really take a comprehensive approach and maybe not just pick on this one area, but take a look at it from sort of a global perspective and say, you know, this is one particular interaction, certainly not the only one. And there are some ways that we can still help protect physicians and patients and do what's right. So we really don't have enough facilities in the state to handle the crisis that we have with opioid addiction. How many treatment centers do we really have? I You're both looking at me and I'm like, I could I not tell no you idea. an exact number. And that's okay. part of the issue we run that's into. That's part of the problem. In the emergency room. And you have uh, clinics that come and go. You have programs that come and go. 
these are not the kind of addictions that can be treated or should be treated in the hospital is a better way to put that. An addiction or withdrawal from opioid medication is not a life-threatening problem for the vast majority of people. And when I, at Castle Hospital, for example, we have a psychiatric facility. And as I said, every single day we have a number of people who come in for opioid addiction. And for those patients, we try to provide them with resources for outpatient uh, facilities or programs that they can go to get help. But uh, we can't just admit those patients, and that's often what they're looking for. There's no magic pill, unfortunately. This is a very uncomfortable thing to try to come off of chronic opioid use and chronic opioid addiction, and we need better access to outpatient resources for those patients. Agreed. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Ira Zunin, founder and medical director of Monacayo Malama, and Dr. William Scruggs. He's an emergency room physician who is working currently at Castle and chair of the department there. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some steps that we can all take to look at how we can hopefully help to prevent more people from becoming addicted to or overdosing from the use of opioid medication. We'll be right back. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Hawaii Pacific University, and Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio. We're talking about opioid prescriptions and who does it right and what elements should we do and how can we get some education out there for folks who are taking these medications to understand the way that they should do it, what are some of the dangers, and also ways that we can help them. Right before we took a quick break, we talked a little bit about the lack of available clinics and or places for people who need help with addiction services. Uh, Dr. Irizun, and where can the public get more information about this? Well, we uh, uh, have a panel at the Hawaii Book and Music Festival at 2 p.m. this coming Saturday at the, on the uh, Honolulu Hale Civic Grounds. Uh, so we'll be um, speaking about this, this issue for an hour. Uh, Dr. Scruggs, who's with us here today, uh, an emergency medicine physician, will be on that panel. But this is an opportunity for the public to come and actually ask questions and get more information about, about opiates particularly if they have a loved one who might be using opiates and or they want to help them get off of it, or they have a family member who might be currently clean and sober and they want to keep them that way. Is this a place where they could get some more information? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it's a curious event, the Book and Music Festival, and you're going to be having a panel talking about opiates. What are some of the other things that are going on at the festival? People are learning about, I'm sure, more than just opiates. Uh, Books and music. From I Ted, hope. well, the the Hawaii Book and Music Festival, you know, we ha- we hold every year. It has about thirty thousand people that come, um, and there's several tracks. Uh, we have a, a wellness track throughout the day, uh, starting at ten a.m. and and going uh, through five p.m. Um, it includes a, a, a eleven o'clock panel on health through mindfulness. Um, there's one on on integrative medicine at noon. At one, there's one on conscious dying. Uh, 2 o'clock, we'll have the Opiate Hawaii panel. Uh, 3 o'clock, Transforming the War on Cancer, all of the, all of the amazing advances in the treatment of cancer. And at 4 o'clock, Trump's care versus Obamacare. Well, and, you know, it's all relevant. When I look at that list, I think 
mindfulness. That's one of the things we're talking about is trying to help people to understand how to live with and heal their own chronic pain. We're talking about integrative therapies. And, and, you know, you mentioned that acupuncture and physical therapy and occupational therapy, massage therapy, behavioral health therapy, all of these things are part of the entire comprehensive package for looking at trying to help people in chronic pain. You know, a lot of the panels that you mentioned, they all tie in together. They really do. They really do. And, and you know, chronic pain and addiction is not just just a single problem. If you have a urinary tract infection or you have a strep throat, it's simple, it's straightforward, there's one solution. Um, if, you, if, you, if, you have, if you have addiction, if you have chronic pain, if you have an opiate, opiate problem, there, it's, a, it's a psychological, it's a social, it's a physical problem. And, and, it, and it really takes a comprehensive perspective to take care of it. Well, and it doesn't just affect you. It affects your family, your loved ones, everyone around you, your workplace, your ability to engage in productive employment. It, and, and really, it affects everything. It has tremendous financial impact, Dr. Kozak. You know, there, there's a very small percentage of the Quest and Medicaid population uh, in the state that consumes a huge portion of the, of the, the total budget. And many of those have uh, uh, opiate and addiction problems. It also has a very strong tie-in with homelessness. Seventy percent of the homeless have addiction problems. So, so we, you know, we've got we've got a lot to work on. Sure, and if fixing the homelessness does not fix the addiction, and fixing the addiction does not fix the homelessness, it really has this multifaceted approach that we have to look at. And at the top of the show, uh, Dr. Scruggs, you said just that there isn't one solution here. It's probably going to take a multidisciplinary approach to looking at how we can address this problem. If you fast forward 10 years from now, where do you want to see us in the situation we're dealing with today? Where would you project that we ought to be? Given where we've come from, pain is a fifth vital sign. Where we went, marketing and or distribution of a lot of medication that people may or may not have been aware of the potential addictive qualities of that medicine and consequences, where should we be in the next 10 years? I think the primary focus of medicine should be how do we take care of people's pain without giving them pills? Uh, Pills are not a magic bullet. And unfortunately, I think in the medical world, we have set people up to believe that. We need to find ways to to treat people's pain and make them comfortable, either through alternative medical therapies, like Dr. Zuna had mentioned, acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractic. There are simple things with injured limbs. You talk about a broken ankle. Just elevating it above somebody's heart, icing it, for example, can do a lot to mitigate people's pain. And we need to do a better job of educating people about how to take care of their pain without a pill. A very important point. There isn't a pill for everything. Dr. Zunin, you mentioned that people can get educational information about it this weekend if they go to the Book and Music Festival, and that's going to be at Honolulu Hale. Do people have to register? How do they find out more? Just uh, just show up. There, there is a, um, there, there's a Hawaii Book and Music Festival at the Honolulu Hale, and there will be a wellness track with seven panels from 10 a.m. through 5 p.m., and at 2 p.m. is the opiate panel. But I'll give you a pearl. What's wrong with opiates? You know, why, why are we talking about it? Why, you know, why is there an epidemic? Well, if you look at it from the standpoint of, of how our bodies work with these medicines, if you take them, the longer you take them, you slowly will need more and more medicine to get the same effect. And your body gets dependent on it so that if you stop, you have withdrawal symptoms. Those two points are, are why we need to be so careful 
with these medicines. And, and for, for people to really understand that, that's a key kernel of the education needed. And that's part of what you'll talk about at the panel. Sure. Because once you get tolerant to it, it is expected that you'll need higher and higher doses to achieve the same effect. And as you go on higher doses, it becomes even harder to stop using that medication. You can't do it abruptly. You can try, and that may require some extra help from medical professionals, but it makes it extremely difficult to do. And that's probably what you see in the emergency room, Dr. Scruggs, that you know you try to help patients get access to the resources they need, but it's not always readily available. Incredibly difficult, unfortunately. All right. Well, we just scratched the surface on this topic. I want to thank both of you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. We will have to do it again. hope so. Thank you. Dr. Ira Zunin is the founder and medical director of the Monacayo Malama Integrative Healthcare Group and Rehabilitation Center. He will be the MC of the wellness track at the Hawaii Book and Music Festival this coming Saturday, May 6th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Dr. William Scruggs is an emergency medicine physician and chair of the Department of Emergency Medicine at Castle Hospital. He will be one of the panel of experts discussing the opiate problem at the Book and Music Festival on Honolulu Hale grounds. Thanks again for joining us today on The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kosovich. I'm Dr. Kathy Kozak. We'll see you next week right here on The Body Show. <laughs>